Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back again. We got Leland. We got Paul from Down and Dirty. We got Lowe. We got Leland. And we got <laughs> Brandon at uh, Brando. I think you can find him on Twitter. Newcomer on the pod. So, like we said, we're going to do like a review of last week's game against Bowling Green and then a preview of this coming week's game against Pitt. So let's start off with uh, what were some bright spots or some guys, some things you guys saw that you liked against Bowling Green on Thursday? So um, with it being a new coach, opening game Thursday night, I loved how uh, we came out in the first quarter. Uh, the first two drives, I don't think you could have scripted that any better. And honestly, we didn't even really do anything special those first two drives. Uh, methodically, down the field – his hurry up offense. Um, I uh, enjoyed that. I enjoyed the fact that we had two hundred yard rushers. I saw um, after the game. I saw some of the stats, and we had like a sneaky, like almost five hundred yards total offense. And if if you would have told me after the game, and I didn't see the stats, I would have told you, you know, three hundred, maybe four hundred yards of offense. But we got a sneaky almost 500 yards of total offense. If that was considered an off night, I want to see what we're doing on all cylinders. Um, Can we get, can we push 600 yards a game on offense Uh, defense? I'm looking at some of the stats. We held their rushing, their rushing, uh, their leading rusher to 26 yards. If we can stop the run, I don't care if teams throw all over us because that means they're one dimensional. Uh, 26 and 13 was their two was their two rushing rushers. Uh, the QB he was pressured all night long. He was sacked several times, rushed. They they had like one drive I think that one drive to get the six. Um, or was that two field goals? I can't really remember. Um, but I thought the defense for for the for the in the offseason, all the talk was how defense losing so many players, uh, not having depth. Uh, I thought even though it was Bully Green, you got to put an asterisk next to it. I thought that the defense really, uh, really showed up, really, uh, really showed something and gave us maybe some some type of sigh of relief. Uh, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that people are starting to overlook is when the previous coaching staff was here, there was never uh, we dominated who we were supposed to dominate. Like we would sneak by teams that we probably should have blew out. You think about the 2018 Missouri game. We probably should have had that one. The 2018 Vanderbilt game, there's no excuse we'd lose to Vanderbilt that year. But And then people are starting to get, like, greedy somehow with Heupel. They're like, oh, well, he should have threw for 400 yards. Milton should have had five touchdowns throwing the ball. Like Leland said, we had close to 500 total yards of offense. If that's And that's when Milton's having a bad game. If Milton hits those two throws to Cedric, we're looking at 550, 600 yards in, a, in an opener. And yeah, I also have to think Milton's not played in like a year and a half. He didn't play at all last year because he was hurt with, at Michigan. He played like, I think you said uh, two games, two, two and a half games. Maybe. So the bright spot for me overall, I think was Milton. I think Milton played about as good a game as you could have really expected somebody who was coming into a new offense. He didn't have a spring. He hadn't played in a long time. It's a new conference and a brand new system. So I think as far as an adjustment standpoint, Milton did exactly what he was supposed to do, and that was come out and command this offense and win us this game. 
So a few of my bright spots, um, one thing I really liked was the run game, like Leland mentioned. I thought that looked awesome. Again, I know who our opponent is, but we, you know, it wasn't just one running back that killed it. We had several people out there doing their job. Um, other thing, we our defense did a lot better than I expected. They wrapped up, and I actually, like, rewatched the game and saw some pretty big tackles. Even though it's Bowling Green, yes, I know the, who the opponent is. However, I don't even remember getting excited about anyone even being in the right spot last year. So that was a bright spot for me, and it was honestly surprising to see because I felt personally like even, you know, Heifel's defense looked better than Pruitt's defense last year, and Heifel's an offensive guy, and Pruitt was a defensive. So in my personal opinion, like, Game one, that was better than expected. Um, another thing, we didn't allow any touchdowns, which I really liked. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, we only – I mean, five penalties is kind of a lot, especially who we were playing. But, again, I'm used to just seeing a ton of ridiculous penalties. So I thought that was a solid takeaway. Um and overall, we just made in-game adjustments. In-game adjustments were really good. I know that the second half was shocking to people. Or second quarter, sorry. Second quarter was a drag. But they decided to go in the locker room and adjust some things. And I can't complain about that at all because it actually worked. Even if our opponent was Bowling Green, I don't care. That's my positives. For sure, for sure. Uh, the first thing I'd say was probably I liked a lot and was positive was the environment. Being like a first-year head coach, and uh, I was there, being in there probably like a good 80,000, maybe 82,000 for a first game, first-year first, first year head coach, especially the situation we came into after this, like this offseason that felt like forever. I think it was good to have like people get in there and get a feel and like give it a chance. Um, In-game, I think our defensive line, they probably played the best I've seen them play in about – like a year and a half since right early, like last year against South Carolina, something like that. We got, what was it? I think 11 tackles for loss. Um, a lot of young guys getting chances like Amari Thomas. Uh, we didn't get to see Byron Young. We hopefully we get to see him this week. Um, a lot of young guys you wouldn't expect, like Bryce, Brian, e or Bryson, Bryson Neeson, Bryson Neeson, William Mohan, the Michigan transfer, he came in, had like six tackles in his debut. So the rotation and getting, like, a lot of guys in, I feel like that helped a lot with this team, getting the experience. Uh, the run game on offensively, I think that was a lot of surprisingly because this offense is known for, like, passing-wise, but be able to run the ball and open up those big passes, like, going sideline to sideline, that's what's, like, needed. Having Tyon and uh, Jabari be able to make runs like that is going to be able to open the play field, I feel like, a lot more. Uh you touched on it, but the halftime adjustments, when was the last time we saw halftime adjustments with the Tennessee Volunteers? Like, I, I can't even think of it, you know? It was just wild. I think once this offense starts clicking in, you can expect, like, that 600 set, like, not 700, but 600-yard range, you know, open the ball more. If, if they click on those passes, and I was I was sitting in the end zone when that Cedric Tillman ball happened, and it was, like, a, a heartbreak, true, like, true form. I almost had the most perfect video ever. It was crazy, but um things I didn't like the offensive inconsistency I know it's like the first game and the jitters and everything but there were some drops that could have been caught that could have put us in a better situation having a five yard second quarter like that cannot happen in this offense I feel like at all 
which being there, it didn't even feel like it was five yards, but Bowling Green really did just eat up on that clock. But I think if you get some of those dropped balls back and you have some of those catches in the end zone, you know, you're looking at like a, a 52 to six game that could have been, you know, instead of 38 to six, you could have been 52 to six easily. And I think if you just fix some of those mistakes and you go in the pit, we shouldn't really have a problem. I feel like as long as our defense can play like they did. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, something I like, um, it's, it's going to be like big picture. Um, I really thought we looked like a true Josh Heupel offense. Um, you know, you've been you've been seeing the argument all offseason about uh, we need a we need a big passer. Uh, you know, Heupel's, Heupel's offense throws the ball a lot, but um, really the the true Josh Heupel offense is is the speed and and the run game. Um, Heupel's, Heupel's kind of said that himself a couple times that he, uh, his offense is a run first offense. And um, man, with those two running backs we got showing out like that, we could I mean we could really have something there. Um, I, I like the the young guys showing out, like Brandon said. Uh, there's a video out there of, of Bryson Eason throwing alignment all the way back to the quarterback. Um, really like that. Um, major bright spot I saw was Elijah Simmons. Um, Jesus Christ, how can that kid not see the field under Jeremy Pruitt? And he comes out first game. And, you know, like we said, it is Bowling Green, but Elijah Simmons was 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 eating people alive. Um, last Thursday night. Um, so now let's uh, let's pick off uh, kind of where Brandon left out there. What are some things you guys didn't like? So I was uh, I actually left the stadium a little disappointed. I know people have have seen some of the upsets around the country. Washington held the seven points. They got beat by Montana. One of Dooley's teams killed Montana one year. Um, I, I felt a little disappointed. I. I I said on the previous podcast last week that Tennessee fans deserve an absolute butt whooping taken out by the shed. I really wish we would have put 50 on them, 55 and maybe 60. I really wish we would have thrown the, thrown the pedal down. Uh, the second quarter scares me. They, what happened to the offense? I have no clue what happened to the offense. I don't know if they were trying to try different things or, or working on the passing game. I don't know what they were doing um, compared to the first quarter, but you cannot have a whole quarter where you're just your your offense just dies in STC play. You cannot have quarters like that. You can't take quarters off. Um, I'm hoping that's just that was just a thing they were just trying things out. Uh, Milton, uh, you got to hit those. You got to hit those long passes. Um, again, I'm going to use the example of SEC play. If we're in Gainesville. And we need a big strike, and we're maybe playing from behind, and we need a we need a bomb, and and Milton overthrows. That's what Garantano did. That that takes the air out of your sail. You lose all the momentum. You have to hit those long passes, and and it doesn't happen often to get them. So you have to hit those. Um, I can't really think of anything negative on defense. Um, I felt we were well coached. Um, I felt like uh, I didn't see any substitution timeouts, none of those Butch Jones, Pruitt, everybody looking around confused. Um, I, I don't know anything defense-wise that we were uh, maybe turning the ball over. Maybe um, maybe we need to – I don't know if we had a turnover or not, but I don't remember one. Maybe – what if that's like our Achilles heel or something? 
Um, got to turn the ball over. Um, but other than that, the second quarter and, and the final score, I wish we would have put more on them. Uh, one of my most disappointing things was just the play of Jawan Mitchell. I feel like there was a couple play. I can't, he was supposed to be our leader on defense. He finishes the game with one tackle. I feel I don't necessarily want to put the blame 100% on him. Sometimes the play just does not go your way all night. It just, that just happens sometimes. But I feel like in this pit game, you're, if you're going to call yourself the defensive leader, you've got to start having stats to back yourself up. You can work hard in practice. You can be this guy in practice. But as we've seen with our quarterback play the last five years, it doesn't matter what you do in practice if you get in the game and you lose his games. Not necessarily saying that Jawan would go lose his games, but I think his impact, especially with the linebacker core as young as it is, I would like to see him in this pit game get close to 10 tackles, maybe a couple tackles for loss. But I'm like Leland. It's really hard for me to find something disappointing on the defensive end. I mean, we, they didn't get in the end zone. Uh, really, we got off the field on third down a lot more than I've ever remembered in a while. Um, they gave us something to cheer for. We were attacking the ball. Our defensive line looked great. Uh yeah, the only disappointing thing was Jawan Mitchell, in my opinion. Uh, I thought everybody else played pretty okay, other than, of course, our deep passing game needs to be a lot better if we're going to play SEC ball this year. Um, I had a couple things that I felt like I noticed after when I rewatched it a second time. Um, I saw a lot of people that were complaining straight up about Milton's quarterback play, um, but I would say – Overall, to me, it was just a lack of chemistry with Milton and the receivers, but I felt like the chemistry was kind of equal um, in terms of the lack because, yes, he needs to put a better touch on it. You know, he needs to put more touch on the ball, but there were several drop catches. Like, they should have been there. Um, they should have caught the ball. Um, I saw a lot of drops or – a lot of kind of shaky hands where I felt like the receivers could have made plays on the ball. Um, so in terms of negative, I would say I just felt like they lacked chemistry, but like together as a unit. Um, however, our run game made up for that and adjustments were made. Um, so, you know, we took the negative and we kind of made a positive out of it, which again, doesn't happen a lot for us. So I'm happy with that, but I think that that could have been like first game jitters. And it's also like uh, Paul said earlier with a new system, new conference, new quarterback, no spring season, all of these things. I mean, that's just kind of expected at this point. Um, do I think I, that they will fix it? Yes. I do think that Milton, you know, will, figure out his touch on the ball, get better chemistry with the receivers, et cetera. Um, I'm not necessarily worried about it, but in terms of kind of something negative that I saw, especially after the second time, um, I would stick with that. And then I guess just the kind of the second quarter stall out, which we've already discussed, but Overall, I agree with the other two guys in terms of defense. I don't see anything massive that I was worried about at all. I thought they played pretty well. Yeah, I think also it has to do with the pregame jitters as well. Like you said, you know, being a first game, a new offense, a new coach and everything. 
those passes that Milton did overthrow, you know, he has to get those back. Those have to be cleaned up, you know, especially in SEC play. Uh, a DB is going to be back there to pick some of those balls off or going to play deep. So, you know, you just have to be careful with that. Um, a player I would probably call on the offensive side because I can't think of one defensively, but one that kind of bummed me out was like Jalen Hyatt, you know. Uh, you're expecting these big things coming in year two or year three for him, I think now it is. But, you know, especially with the new offense, when it's going to benefit him and his speed. And I feel like there was a couple balls out there that, you know, he could have got back that in the second quarter, especially would have made up for that five yard second quarter. We could have got moving. It could have, you know, got some tempo going and got the guys going. I think we're thinking of a or speaking of a whole different game now if some of those balls were caught. But, you know, just like the drop balls in the second or the five yard second quarters, they just they cannot happen. They can't happen. That's all. Yeah, um, things I had down, uh, I feel like Milton did good, like, uh, on his actual plays, but his timing was way off. Um, Kent, you're never going to have that much time in the pocket against when we get to SEC play. I don't even think you'll have that much time in the pocket against Pitt um, this coming week. Um, Good news is we played on Thursday night, so they got nine days to work on it. Kind of like Brandon just said with – with Hyatt, I think we got to spread the ball more. I feel like all of our deep passes in the end zone were to Cedric Tillman. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you don't hit Hyatt. Um, I actually had that called as first play of the game was going to be a deep pass to Hyatt down the down the right field line. Man, didn't see that all night. Uh, but like usually when we did throw to Hyatt, you know, we were we were we were trying to use him appropriately, getting him out on space on the on the edge. But man. He had that big uh, touchdown grab against Alabama last year in the end zone. I just, I, I expected to see some of that against Bowling Green, and and it, and you know maybe we were weren't wanting to push it that much, but I expected more of that. Um, I hated how much we had. Like you know, I get it. It's great to see the the in game adjustments, but I hated how much we had to rely on the run. Um, we had one completed pass in the entire second half of the game. Um, for well, one from Joe Milton, one from Hendon Hooker, kind of you know in garbage time. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's great how much we ran the ball, but or how well we ran the ball. But I really wish we wouldn't have to rely on it, um, especially against Bowling Green. Anybody got anything else to say about last Thursday night? I think we're good. All right, so moving on to week two, we got the Pittsburgh Panthers coming to town. Johnny Majors Classic. Want to see a want to see a big win for Coach Majors, hopefully. So, uh, what what's something you guys want to see against Pitt that you didn't see against Bowling Green this last weekend or last Thursday? Uh, I want to see I want to see more uh, downfield passing. I want big plays. I want, uh, like we were just talking off, off camera there. Um, I want to see different wrinkles in the running game. I want to see Milton take a step. I want him to grow a little bit in this game. I want him to uh, not hold on to the football, find an open receiver, get get the, get to the playmakers. I want the defense. I want to see. Uh, this is obviously the first test of the season. I want to see if the defense can hold their own on uh, as far as the secondary. I want to see if we can stop the run. I was looking at some of their stats. Um, 
their leading rusher had 45 yards. I don't, I really don't know anything about them as far as their offense, what they run. Um, their leading receiver had 58 yards, uh, but their QB threw for 272. I, I would, ex, I would assume that was in uh, limited time. Uh, so maybe three quarters he threw for 272. So that's good. So why is, so that tells me, look, so his receivers are 58, 55, 47, 45, and 40. So he spreads the ball around. So that tells me maybe they have a bunch of weapons. Um, can we stack up to that? Can we match up to that? I guess we'll see. Um, some of their um, – they had a long of 47, so they took a shot there. Um, one thing I did notice was Pittsburgh fumbles. They uh, they actually fumbled the ball four times. They lost two of them, and one must have went out of bounds because there's not a stat for it, But and then uh, one was recovered. So could they be uh, – could they have a little slippery hands? I don't. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But um, I, I'm really interested in our offense and if Hopple really opens up the play, playbook. He'll, he's going to have to. He, he's going to have to open up the playbook in this game, I think. Um, I agree with you 100%, Leland. I think the biggest thing with Hypel's play calling in the first game against Bowling Green is he knew he would have to call like the worst game of his life for us to lose that game. So he knew he could go in, call a conservative. We could run the ball, beat them easily by running the ball. He doesn't have to show anything. I think he's saving something big for either this game or the game in two weeks in the swamp. But I think this is the game that we see Hypel open up the playbook. Hyatt gets a couple more looks. Tillman's getting more deep balls. But I think the big key for us to win this game is the D-line. Like Leland said, I was watch, I actually watched the Pitt game Saturday. We have to get to their quarterback. The times where uh, – I can't remember who they were playing, but the times where their defense actually pressured Pitt's quarterback Back. He does not look good under pressure. He honestly is reminiscent to me of Jared Garantano when he's under pressure. Not that bad, but the kid panics when he gets a hand in his face. So I think if Elijah Simmons can make a, have a big day, our defense can get pressure and not allow him to throw the ball, and we force them to run, and like we've talked about, we can stop the run. Like We can all confidently sit here and say that we feel good if we can make Pitt run the ball 40, 40 times on Saturday. We feel good about that. I think Hypo opens up the playbook. The D-line needs to play big. But I think Milton has a humongous – takes a humongous step as a starting quarterback for Tennessee. I think his first game was a little bit less desirable as far as throwing the ball. I think running the ball, he had a pretty great game, honestly, two scores. Didn't really have too many negative plays. But I think he takes a big step as far as throwing the ball. I'm calling for about three touchdowns, four touchdowns from Milton Saturday. I have a really good feeling about how he does this game. I think, like uh, Lowe said earlier in the pod, we've had nine days to kind of fix and adjust from what we messed up on against Bowling Green, and I think Milton has a really big game against Pitt. So a couple things I want to see. I, I kind of – I was basically about to say exactly kind of what Paul was saying in terms of I feel like our play call – I mean – he did not have to do anything phenomenal call wise to win that ball game. But I said last week it, on the pod that I thought this game was an L. Um, I think people are underestimating Pitt. Now I have somewhat changed my mind with that um, in terms of, I think it's going to be extremely close. Do I think that Heupel has held like a ton back. Absolutely. Why would you show all of your weapons in the first game against Bowling Green? So things that I want to see would be a little bit more risky calls on offense. I mean, this guy has a cannon of an arm. 
So te- I say test them. I say test test their secondary. You know, maybe Milton improves in his accuracy. I would love to see him put a little bit more finesse in all of his throws, uh, see better chemistry with his wide receivers. And if they do that, I think that it'll be very close, but I do think they'll pull it out um, with a W. Another thing I would like to see is just a big crowd and a crazy environment. I know it's a 12 o'clock game, but I think it's going to make a difference. I tweeted earlier, some pit person was complaining about like how UT didn't like had all these fans and stuff, but we were losers or whatever, but they play in front of such a small crowd on average. And I was just like, you guys have no idea. And their head coach like was talking shit about, how he doesn't think the crowd noise will be an issue, but I think he's totally underestimating it. We uh, The crowd makes games, and it makes games harder for opponents. So I want to see all of that. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everyone <clears throat> when they're talking about the offense. You know, we have to open it up and get more plays and get newer guys and different looks out there. I think that might change having Bayless back to 100% this week, you know, having your one speed guy on the other side of Javante Payton having Ramel Keaton back, you know, hopefully on the offense, they can trust their guys to go out there and win battles. I know they said that Pitt's corners play uh, physical, but I think speed-wise, if you can just get down the field, Milton's going to be able to make those throws, and hopefully he can make those throws. Uh, I think defensively, the line's going to have to play a big role. Uh, I was listening to Narduzzi speak, and him himself was talking about how Pitt's offensive line, like, they don't have enough guys there that he feels comfortable with their O-line. And if you watch that Massachusetts game, they were getting pushed back in like the second or third quarter by that UMass D-line. So if UMass's D-line can push Pitt around, I'm hoping Elijah Simmons, Byron Young, Roman Harris, and some other guys can get in there and get physical and uh, get back there to that quarterback. I don't think under pressure he's that same guy he is in a game where he's not getting pressured and puts up those 300, 400-yard games but the competition he's doing that against is not SEC caliber. Uh, I think also, you know, having, having to stop their run game, it won't be hard because they still don't have a cool running back one yet for Pitt. I think they're still trying to figure out their run game, and that's why you saw their quarterback having 40 uh, passing attempts this past week. I think they'll try to open that game, but if you can stop that run game and make them forced to throw, then I think we're in a good spot defensively. Uh just seeing hopefully Milton can improve. Hopefully the receivers catch some balls. Uh, corners play when they need to be against better receivers because it's not Bowling Green. Uh, as long as we can make up the little small things, I think we're in a good spot to go win this game. All right. So Leland started hitting stats early, and I was afraid he was going to take mine. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh put up 51 points against UMass. They threw through three different quarterbacks. Uh, 375 yards passing, only two passing touchdowns. So clearly they don't like to throw the ball in the red zone um, because they ran for five touchdowns with seven different running backs. Like Brandon was just saying, um, you know, they they don't have, they don't have an, uh, an RB one yet. So if we, you know, like we said, it's it was Bowling Green, but 32 rushing yards in a game. If we can shut down the run for Pittsburgh in the red zone and make them pass where clearly they don't like to, 
come out of the red zones with some interceptions. Uh, that's something I would like to see. I would like to see us shut down Pitt just as good as we did Bowling Green, especially in the red zone, because uh, I haven't went back and rewatched that game, but I probably will tonight because something's up. They they're not they're not throwing the ball in the red zone or something to put up 51 points. They only have two touchdowns passing. Uh, so that's mine. Um, what's something that would you would think? And this game would just be an absolute disaster. Like you, you come out of this game thinking, okay, my win total for, for this season just dropped two games. Uh, I was actually talking to a buddy earlier, and he he was talking about how he was going to place a couple bucks on uh, Pitt minus three, and then he mentioned how man he was like, man, I don't know, uh, this could be a blowout, and I said. I honestly do not see a blowout. Of course, it's going to happen now that I say it. But um, I would be extremely shocked if this was – if Pitt, like, put it on us. Um, that would be just demoralizing year one, game two, Johnny Majors, all that stuff. I can handle a, a close loss if it's not, like, too heartbreaking or whatever. But uh, that's UT fan in a nutshell. But, like a like, a complete – if we got our asses beat – that is that's that's a bad look, and uh, I'm 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 going through their schedule from last year, and this is this game this team just reminds me of us so much, especially during the Butch Jones years. Like they took care of business uh, against the teams they needed to be. They got spanked by the teams that they um, they needed to get spanked by Clemson and Notre Dame, and then they 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 had a couple blowouts themselves where they put it on teams. They killed Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech just beat uh, a top 10 overrated North Carolina team this year. Um, they are so like us. And I'm split down the middle. Gun to my head. I don't know I don't know who I would put money on or, or pick. Um, but I think the absolute worst thing that we could we could see is if they came in here, they they blew us out. Um, uh, we need to stay away from injuries. That's uh, we gotta we gotta I know we got Tennessee Tech what next week or something uh that's kind of like a a, a bye week for florida but we got to stay away from injuries we uh we don't have a lot of depth at certain positions got to stay away from injuries in these big games um noon games noon games are like bowl games sometimes you don't really know which team is going to get up for it uh hopefully we're at home I always give advantage to the home, home teams and even games um so i think i think a blowout would be disastrous if we went out there, turned the ball over five times, four times, and they they put forty on us, and they walk out of kneeling in a, with a huge dub, that would be that'd be pretty bad. For my op- optimistic ass, for me to drop two wins, and and my win total right now is at nine, nine or ten. That's what I'm sitting at right now for me. But remember, I, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm looking with the orange glasses right now. Alcohol. Yeah, uh, but for <laughs> me, I'll, if we go in there. And Milton throws like three dumb interceptions, and then Hooker comes in and he can't start the offense. And then our defense is just allowing just stupid plays, like they're just running and throwing all over us, and we get beat like fifty-six to twenty. That to me, I probably won't even watch the Florida game, the Alabama game. I will make sure I'm doing something that weekend. Like I will work my schedule to the point where I will not watch these big games anymore. I think this game is just as important as any game we'll play all year. It's going to set the tone. It's the first real opponent that we've seen Hypo play with here at Tennessee. 
it's going to set the tone for everything. Everything that's going to happen this season, I, w- I think we're going to look back to this pit game, depending on how we played, and we're going to look and see, like, yeah, that was a turning point, or, yeah, that was when shit hit the fan and we started sucking. But even if we lose and we still look like we're progressing as a team, I can live with that. Like, I'll, I'll take a 31-30 to 30 loss. Like, if it's heartbreaking, yeah, that's Tennessee fashion. I get it. It's, life sucks. We evolve and it happens. But if we get our asses whooped at home on a Johnny Majors classic, I just feel like we're surrendering the name of Johnny Majors back to Pitt, and I don't want to do that shit. I want this game more than I've ever wanted a game really here at Tennessee in a while. Like, this is a game I really want to win, and I fully plan on being sloshed by the time kickoff happens, and I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, so – I. I love that at the end. I will also be sloshed by the time kickoff is happening. <laughs> Just to touch on that. But um, absolute, blow, uh, absolute blowout would obviously be like the worst thing. Um, I don't, anyone who's listening on the pod, I said Tennessee was going to take an L to Pitt um, last week. Negaval. And not Negaval, realistic <laughs> ball. Um, and some of the reasons that I say that is, one, Pitt came out in their game opener and they had 598 yards of total offense to UT's 471. Our second quarter was very stagnant. Just And if we have that again, we may really very well get blown out. Um, but in terms of what I saw Thursday night, I think the team has all the potential in the world to win the game. I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be super close. Um, Catastrophic would just be a total blowout. We come out and we're flat. Milton stands like for six seconds in the pocket and gets a sack and fumbles or something like totally nuts or throws an interception in the opener. That's going to like drain my soul out of my body. I do not want them to come out flat. Um, and just if we have injuries, of course, you don't want that. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just so split. It's a huge game. It's such a huge game for me. This game, I know it's not even an SEC matchup, but I just feel like if they come out and win this, the tone of the season is going to be just totally set. But if we come out and lose, we're going to have to keep climbing up this, uh, hill, And so I just want them to come out and just execute, you know, even if they go three and out, if I don't see a turnover, like if UT starts with the ball, we move the ball. That's fine. If we go three and out, that's fine. If we go out and we turn over or have a pick six or something, I'm immediately going to be drained. Um, But if they, like they touched on, if they make improvements, if we lose and it's close, I'm not going to just say we'll throw in the towel, but if we get blown out at home, week two, big crowd, good energy, that's going to drop my total down quite a bit. I I don't think they should get blown out at all. I think it's going to be like down to the wire for sure. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everyone. I think, you know, we can take a a 2.1 point, three point loss, you know, maybe a touchdown loss, seven points, but Anything over that, I feel like like it's like a complete blowout would be like the worst case scenario. I think the worst thing that could happen is Joe comes out like in a super bad game 
and does throw a pick or like, you know, a bad pick or does have a fumble where he's get pressured and doesn't step up in the pocket, you know, if you can avoid the little mistakes, you know, the the things that flash at the Bowling Green game that you saw last week and you go into practice to fix that, I think he can go in there and execute. Uh, but you got to have that relationship with the receivers down pat. You got to try to get more yards. The worst thing that could happen is probably, you know, missing open balls or being deep routes unseen by Joe. Cause you know, this past week there was guys that were 30, 40 yards downfield that he just didn't see them. You know, you have to make those progressions and see those guys. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty much still rocking with this team as long as nothing that happens is too catastrophic, like getting beat or Joe throwing three picks or the offense just having no sense whatsoever. I think it would take something really, really crazy to not be able to give this team a chance further down the road. But, you know, what do you expect as a Tennessee fan? You know, you always expect the worst. Amen. Yeah. I got a couple things down here. Um, One is injuries, kind of like Leland hit on. I feel like one of the things that sparked the uh, stagnant second quarter against Bowling Green, uh, well, number one was the the fumble that they ran in for a touchdown and they took it off the board and said it was an incomplete pass. But number two is I think uh, right around that time is when Cooper Mays went out and they uh, they replaced him with Ollie Lane. Um, and uh, Ollie Lane's a guy I think that's a good all- offensive lineman, but um, I just think the the chemistry went down, which, you know, it's the first time they've been in a game together, all these guys. So there's not that many much chemistry there to begin with. But when Cooper went out, um, I really feel like I'm pretty sure we went three and out after that. We ran three plays after that and had to punt. So we really need to avoid injuries if we can. Um, this will be our first tougher opponent of the year, obviously. And then um, – uh, yeah, I kind of agree with the bl- with the blowout. I don't know if if this team being so young and and you know not a lot of chemistry there, if they can really rally together and bounce back if they were to lose this game by fifty. Um, so that's my my two things I got would be a blowout or or injuries. <laughs> and uh, with that, we'll just go to open discussion for the rest of the time we got. Um, Anybody got anything? I would like to make a comment about uh, something that I noticed in the Bowling Green game that I didn't talk about earlier. Do you guys remember – Oh, I know you would do, but do you remember how frustrating it would be when JG would get back in the pocket, have no pocket awareness, get about to throw the ball, boom, ball's out of his hands, the ball's going the other direction, or he throws a pick six? Mm-hmm. Milton knows how to move in and out of the pocket so crisply. It, like, it was it was really nice having a quarterback that can improvise. Oh my, and you can't teach that. Like, you can try to develop it, but it's an ability. Like, it, like you either have it or you don't, and he has it. It, it, very, it was very instinctive, and it was very obvious, and it was nice to see finally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at that, and that's why I'm so sold on Milton. It's not because, like – the like yeah he could have threw the ball a bit better but first game back like it's first game jitters the playbook wasn't open like Milton has the talent and the know-how and the IQ to play uh, be a good quarterback in this league and we've not even opened up the playbook and you can already see flashes of greatness with him I, that, I'm pumped about this season with him I think um I think the student section was huge the other night 
yeah. um, I I hadn't seen the student section like that all through the Jeremy Pruitt era, and I think that was that was huge. Um, I really think I really think Joe Milton will will have a a good week and and look better this week. I hope so. I uh, think you will. Um, personally, you know, I actually feel better from the last pod to this pod. Uh, before I was really worried just because I have not, I didn't, I hadn't seen this team play. Um, but I think if they play and make those changes, I definitely think Tennessee will come out with the W. They just have to make the changes. Um, but I mean, I think Milton has all the potential in the world. I really do. I, I agree with that. I'm kind of fired up with him. I like his mobility. I Now, he can't stand flat-footed for six seconds and expect to have that type of time maybe like a second or two. Um, but nonetheless, I think he has a ton of potential. So I, I'm good with that. I'm sitting here looking up some uh, some past uh, Hopple um, encounters with Pitt. Um, I guess he was uh, named head coach in uh, December of 2017. So he, he's coached against Pitt twice. Uh, 2018, he beat him 45 to 14. Uh, in 2019, he lost to him by one point, 35-34. So we'll say an average of what, 40 points? If I told a, you right now, what was that? That was at UCF, right? Yeah, UCF. Wow, so um, you were playing I, up. If I yeah. told you right now that Tennessee gets 35 to 40 points, you would definitely say that's a win, right? So – Let's let's put it on them. Let's let's go let's go score some points. Um, I just don't know about our defense. That's that's something that's so. Well, I guess our offense is kind of a mystery too. But if if I've seen Hopple do it before, that gives me that gives me some confidence that the offense might be okay. The offense is going to take care of itself. Now, whether it's going to be in game four, game three, Saturday, like. It might take some time. I hope it's Saturday that it might turn on. But um, the defense is such a freaking mystery. And um, I, I, it looks like Pitt, it looks like Hopple can score on Pitt. That's, that's basically what, it bulls, what I'm trying to say. So, you know, let's, let's score 35 and, and get the dub. Yeah, I agree there. I think uh, – I'm about to cut you off. But I agree there. I think uh, over the years it shows that Hopple is able to score on them. But one thing that I haven't heard many people talking about is how uh, the, how familiar these staffs are with each other from not being at the same spots. Uh, Pitt's up there next to Penn State, so they're very familiar. I think I heard on the drive today that they're very familiar with that Tim Banks defense that Pat Narduzzi knows all about it and stuff like that. So I think you're going to go in there and see a close battle of teams that know each other from other spots. But I think offensively with our, our skills, it's like a lot better receivers and quarterback play or receiver play at least than a, a UCF, I feel like having that speed, you should be able to put up the same amount of points and put those guys in space to be a, a successful offensively. Well, here's my thing. We always say the SEC is the hierarchy of football conferences. We always agree that other than Vanderbilt, a bad SEC team will be an average ACC team nine times out of ten for the most part. Going into this game, we know Heupel has kicked Pitt's ass, and we know that he's lost by one with UCF. 
I would take a bad Tennessee team to beat a good UCF team at any any year. Like really, that's just how I feel about it. SEC is just the best. But I don't think Hypo lets that get to our head. I feel like a lot of times with Pruitt and especially with Butch, if we were favored or we were even even, it was close to play. The team just was like big headed about it. Like against um, South Carolina in 2016, everybody knew we should have won that game. We went to South Carolina. Later, goose it. Like, we just shit the bed. Then against Vanderbilt 2016, we have a sugar ball on the line. We shit the bed. Heupel doesn't seem like the kind of guy to me that will let us get our heads bigger than what they need to be. I think we compete, and I, I honestly expect a 10-plus point win, but that's the orange glasses maybe talking. I got us scoring 40 to 50 and then giving up about 27, 28. Wow. Wow. Why not? All right. Anybody else got anything else before we close? Go balls. I was going to say, I'm not, I don't want anyone to think I'm being a negaval. I'm just looking at everything that's in front of me. I hope that I am wrong. Like I, I mean, I don't, obviously I want us to win. I just, I'm analyzing stuff. And, but I do think that it's going to be a very, very close game. I'm sticking with 34-31 is my score prediction. I don't know who's going to take it. I'm sticking with that, either UT or Pitt. I'm like dead split down the middle in terms of my score prediction. I hope I'm wrong. If our offense comes out there and dominates, or if we see some of these improvements that all of us have discussed tonight, I think UT takes it easily. But I just have to be sold it's hard to just put all your heart and soul in every year. So that's my final take on everything. Let me, let me ask y'all just something real quick. So um, when a new, when a new coach comes in, you kind of know after maybe two years, whether they're going to be there for a while. Um, The guys like Saban, um, Spurrier, um, Mark Ricks, um, list goes on and on. You, you see their program go like this. So anytime we got a new coach, whether it was Dooley, Kiffin, or Butch, I felt like Butch overachieved in year one, and then he finally found Dobbs. Dobbs made up for a lot of stuff that he – and he couldn't get past that eight to four, so we had to let him go. So in, in game two, I'm going to put a lot of pressure on this game. Do you think in game two that this, this could be a make or break? They're, they're, around, your, they're around your level and talent. Um, it's winnable and it's at home. In my opinion, this reminds me of like when in Kiffin we lost to UCLA. I fi- I thought that that game was a hundred percent on lane. We lost that game. We shit the bed. We should have beat them by three touchdowns. But I'm gonna ask y'all just real quick: Is this a make or break game for Hopple game two already early? Talking about talking about this. Are you saying make or break as if if he loses this we should fire him or if we lose? No, 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 no. Just you, you just want to see you just want to see these type games. These these type games like this, Tennessee in history should win. I mean, you should you got to. We're not playing. We're not playing Oklahoma this week. We're playing Pitt. Win these games slowly. Climb your program up. Um, this looks good on the resume going into year two. I mean, it, it's 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 a sell to recruits. You're not playing Tulsa this week. You're playing Pitt, but you're not playing Oklahoma. 
you, you this I think this is a win, this you have to win this game. I really do to get the to get the um, to get the administration of of Hopple going. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, you, we got we got nine minutes yeah. left. Let's uh, let's real quick. Let's get uh, on the way out here. I want to get everybody's score predictions for this game. Um, but first, if you come to our tailgate, the bottom of G10 this weekend to prove that you've made it this far through this podcast, if you mention this, you have earned yourself a free beer. Woo! Free beer, <laughs> one free beer. If you come to the pod or not to the podcast, come to the tailgate and prove that you made it to this point of the podcast. Which, if you heard this, you will. Don't go tell everybody. Hey, if you I'll say you made it to this point of his podcast, he's going to give you free beer. Do we have a code word for this beer? Uh, pineapple. Pineapple. Oh, <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. So real quick. That. Let's get everybody's score predictions for Tennessee versus Pitt this weekend, the Johnny Majors Classic. I'm going high scoring, very little defense, a little bit of orange glasses. I'm going 35-31. It's a close game till late in the fourth quarter. We forced him to turn the ball over. Milton plays mistake-free. Wow. I got 42-31 Tennessee wins. It's 35-31, and we're trying to run the ball out and tie on breaks for 80 yards and ends the game. <laughs> oh, man. I Well, I'm sticking with my 34-31. After this podcast, I'm just going to say Tennessee wins 34-31. I've been kind of like my arm's been twisted, not in a bad way. I just – obviously, I want UT to win, but – I I was very split, but now I'm saying the Vols are going to win and we're going to get rowdy in Neyland and it's going to be an awesome Saturday. 34-31. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 45-35 Vols. I think you'll see the offense click, play playbook open. And once that team goes to full tempo, uh, they're going to be running around 80, 90 plays, be able to open the field. I think that you see the Vols put a lot of points on the board early in the game and then play defense in the second half and eventually win 45-35 for sure. I'm going 31-30. Tennessee. I thought she was about to pull a Corso there. No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) We've all all got the balls picked this weekend. I mean, you got to. God, if it's a one-point, I'll throw up. Oh, my God, I'll be sick. (laughs) Uh, you got recruits there for the first time. You got to win. Yeah, Taven Jackson's going to be there. Man, I'll be there bright and early. I'll be there bright and early. Four-star corner from uh, California, too. At the, at the tailgate. I'm going to set my alarm for like 5 a.m. and start drinking beer. Hell. <laughs> Mimosas. Mimosas. I'm pre-gaming at 8 a.m. <laughs> I'll be driving well, from Nashville. I have an hour drive. I have at least an hour, so. Yeah, I'll be driving, driving from Nashville. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to head on out. Go Vols. Uh, remember, Go Vols. If, you come, if you come by the tailgate, the bottom of G10 this weekend, mention mention uh, code word pineapple for a, a free <laughs> beer, probably something cheap, probably something like a Natty Lights. Something, <laughs> give you, something give you good a headache in case you want to forget the game. Maybe uh, like a sip of a half drinking natty light. All right. All right. <laughs>
thanks everybody for coming on. Be sure to to check it out next week. We'll have uh, some rendition of of this going on. <laughs>